It's the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Sean Del Grand. And we've got over 800 brand new Mazdas with outstanding incentives, like low monthly lease payments and low APR financing. Yep, it's just a great time to buy. So don't miss the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Financing on approval of credit. We have a chance to win the Stanley Cup. There's not many teams at the beginning of the year that can say that. We have a chance to, and and it's got to be on us to make that happen. You're listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide with Ted Ramey. This is our opportunity. Our time is, is now. Our window is now. 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 Uh, it was a fun game, you know, we stunned fast right away, no fans, it was unbelievable, you know, to help us, you know, win this game, and we... You know, it was, it was just a fun game, and, and now we, you know, we have one more game and come back for game seven, and I believe it, because we're better team than them. Congratulations, go get ready for game six, awesome night tonight. Thank you, thank you guys. Let's hear it for Tomas Hurdle. Yes, that was Tomas Hurdle after game number five. Good morning and welcome to Morning Tide. I'm your host, Ted Ramey. To set the stage now, I'm going to give it to Randy Hahn, who had the call in double overtime for Tomas Hurdle and the San Jose Sharks on the penalty kill. All the top scores on for Vegas. Stasky, Pacioretty, Tuck, Stone. Off the faceoff, Vlasic. He tries to slap shot it out. Hurdle with the puck down. And he'll get it down. And a hush comes over the building. And now Theodore drops it for Tuck. Stastny back down the boards. Kept in at the point. And up the middle, a pass for Hurdle. Tomas Hurdle shorthanded, shoots, and scores! Tomas Hurdle hits the jackpot! Game 7 on Tuesday in San Jose! It's over! And the Sharks mob Tomas Hurdle and Martin Jones too! A shorthanded goal by Tomas Hurdle, the hero of Game 5. Scored from the almost the same location. He got that all-important first goal in Game 5. Smiles must be had. Hurdle the hero. Game 7 Tuesday. Unbelievable hockey game. Wow, good morning and welcome to Morning Tide. Each episode drops the morning after a Sharks playoff game. I'm your host, Ted Ramey, and what an unbelievable win for the Sharks in double overtime in game number six to force a game seven Tuesday night at the tank. This is a game that will forever go down in Sharks lore. This was simply a must-win situation for the Sharks after falling down 3-1. They won game five. Then they go back to Vegas. They have to force a Game 7. It went not just one, but two overtimes. And it featured one of the all-time performances from Martin Jones with 58 saves. Simply looking absolutely phenomenal. Martin Jones put forth one of those performances from the ages that we'll be talking about any time from now when we cite a high-quality performance that the Sharks will need from a goalkeeper. We will cite 
Martin Jones, Game 6 in Las Vegas in 2019. He was calm. He was masterful. And I had the feeling the entire time watching him that he was not going to let another one in. And he backed up Pete DeBoer's decision to keep him as the man between the pipes after games three and game four, when things did not go well for him, when everybody was thinking that he should be pulled in favor of Aaron Dell, the decision to keep him as the man in net has been completely validated and has been completely justified. And now we all look at Pete DeBoer and say, oh yeah, this guy knows exactly what he can expect out of his players. But to the greater point in terms of a performance, I started thinking about where this performance 58 saves from Jones ranks in all-time Bay Area sports performances, I thought about, you know, Clay Thompson and his 37-point third quarter that he had against the Sacramento Kings. I thought about Tim Lincecum and his Game 1 performance against the Braves in the 2010 NLDS. I thought about Steve Young and what he did in Super Bowl 29. And there were, you know, just all sorts of performances that immediately came to mind. But I thought that this was one that cements Martin Jones' legacy as a place in Bay Area history. And, you know, obviously he was masterful in 2016 when the Sharks went to the Stanley Cup final, and he was great in other playoff runs that they had in 2017 and 2018. And again, we talked about it in earlier episodes of this talk show where Martin Jones is a half goal better in the postseason, where Martin Jones' numbers significantly improve in the postseason. For him to do this after having some poor performances... It just speaks to the fact that some guys pick it up for those big games, and that's exactly what Martin Jones did. I mean, he was he was amazing. This is, again, one of those all-time performances, not just for the Bay Area, but for hockey in general. People are going to talk about this one when they talk about all-time performances, and I, I really do think this is one of those performances and one of those games that we're going to say this is where Martin Jones caught fire in the 2019 Stanley Cup playoffs. I mean, game five, he was excellent. Don't get me wrong. But what he did last night, the way he played, the saves he made, the statement that was given by way of the game six performance from Martin Jones, this is going to be one that we are going to reference forever. Just like we will now reference the goal from Tomas Hurdle. Just like we will now reference the Game 5 guarantee from Tomas Hurdle. Just like we already referenced Jamie Baker's goal against the Red Wings. These are moments that establish themselves in Sharks lore. We all witnessed one last night. And it's amazing to me because it might prevent us from talking about unbelievable performances from a Brendan Dillon or from a Justin Braun or from a Joe Thornton. Guys who had huge, impactful nights. We're probably going to talk about Tomas Hurdle and we're probably going to talk about Martin Jones because those guys, you know, they were the exceptional performances. They raised their game above all else. And obviously, if you get the goal or you make the save, you're going to get a little bit more of the glory. But those other guys that I mentioned, whether it was Dilly, whether it was Braun, whether it was Jumbo, had amazing games at the most impactful moments. Jumbo, 39 years old, going on ageless. He was creating opportunities and doing things behind the net and making passes and giving the Sharks opportunities to score that otherwise would not have existed. That's why he is still so valuable, even though he is, again, almost 40 years old. He's still an elite passer, and he still makes everybody on that third line better. And another thing you can talk about is the Sharks with 
Jumbo back, with Vlasic back. Yes, those are huge, impactful players that have allowed them to win two games in a row and send this to a Game 7. There was a reason that they won Game 1 with both those guys out there on the ice. Game 2, Vlasic has to leave due to that upper body injury. We did not get you know the full details of what exactly it was, but we all know the dynamic for the Sharks' defense changed when Vlasic was no longer on the ice. We know that in Game 4, without Jumbo, that third line was not as good without Joe Thornton. Joe Thornton, as the center for your third line, is a cheat code in the NHL. There's no doubt about it, but it's a unique advantage that the Sharks have. So the Sharks are back having themselves at full strength. It's allowed them to win two consecutive games, level the series at three games apiece, and now we come back to the tank Tuesday night for game number seven. And it's going to be amazing. I, I, you know, There's nothing better in sports than a game seven in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I will stand by that statement. This is going to be one of the epic nights in San Jose Sharks history, and I fully expect them to win in advance to the next round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. That said, it's not going to be easy. As difficult as Game 6 was to win on the road, Game 7 overall is going to be that much harder to, to win. And I joked about it when I made my prediction at the start of this series. I said Sharks in 7, and you can you know put them in overtime right now, and I'm not going to be that surprised. I think that's what we might end up with again tomorrow, or excuse me, Tuesday night. I don't think that this team, the Las Vegas Golden Knights, they're not going to go down quietly. They are almost evenly matched with the San Jose Sharks. The only difference is I believe the Sharks' top-level talent is just a smidge better, which is interesting because you can make the argument that it's the Sharks' third and fourth lines that might be making the overall difference. But this has been... An unbelievable series. It deserves seven games. The players deserve seven games. The coaches deserve seven games. And all of us fans, we deserve seven games as well. What we are going to witness on Tuesday night, I expect to be the culmination of one of the great series that I have ever witnessed. And you have watched entirely different dynamics in this series, from the Sharks being in control in game number one, to a controversial goalie interference call massively impacting game number two, to early goals conceded by the Sharks massively impacting games three and games four, to the Sharks coming back out in home ice in game number five and taking command at home and forcing a game six, to game six in and of itself going to double overtime with Tomas Hurdle hitting the first ever shorthanded goal in double overtime or later in Stanley Cup playoff history. This series has been epic. The scoreline has not always reflected exactly what has happened on the ice. But the seven games that we are getting, that is indicative of how good and how high quality the overall level of hockey we have gotten over the course of this series truly is. This has been one of those all-time series, one of the ones that I'm going to talk about forever. Martin Jones proved everyone wrong. Everyone on social media, everyone on Reddit, everyone on Twitter, everyone on Facebook was hating on Martin Jones. And he showed us all we have no idea what we're talking about. Because he didn't just put together a performance good enough to win game number six. He put together one of the all-time Stanley Cup playoff performances in history. Wrap your head around that. 
and you might be able to recognize what we all witnessed Sunday night from Las Vegas. All right, and we now have joining us on Morning Tide, the one and only Jamie Baker. And Jamie, we've been talking about you know historic goals for the San Jose Sharks, and obviously your name comes right at the top of the list, but I think that when we go back in Sharks history, we're now going to be talking about this Tomas Hurdle goal tonight as just one of those all-timers that enters the pantheon of great Sharks memories, a shorty. In double overtime or later, it's a first in the history of the Stanley Cup playoffs, man. I mean, just what a moment. Absolutely. And, you know, you, you, to, to make this goal greater and bigger and more significant, you still need to go win the series in game seven. But let's not take away from the moment because first time in NHL history, a shorthanded goal has been scored in double overtime or longer in the NHL history. This league's been, it's over a hundred years old. Incredible. And the fact that it was Tomash Hurdle coming down and scoring in almost the same position he did to get the Sharks the lead in game one, which was so imperative. And he went far side top corner in that one. And Flurry overplays him on this. Shea Theodore gives him the shot and he goes short side on a shorthanded goal. Just the turn of events uh, is absolute and the momentum shift. And the you know the varying degrees of confidence um, that happen and shift so quickly in the playoffs was paramount today. Epic, epic game. One of the great all-time playoff games in Sharks history. Yeah, no, it was absolutely fantastic. And actually, when it went to the double overtime, I started getting visions of the quadruple overtime game against Dallas and thinking that we were in for another one of those because I really, truly felt, and I don't mean to sound hyperbolic, but when I was watching the game, I just said, Jones isn't going to let one in. Like He's not going to let another one in. He's let in one. That's all he's doing tonight. It's just going to go until one of these San Jose Sharks puts ones in the back of the net. And I didn't know how long it was going to take, but I honestly felt that way about Jones. I just He wasn't going to let one in. And again, hyperbolic. I don't mean to sound that way, but I truly felt that. Well, you, you felt it because you saw how well he was playing. And it, you know it started last game when the guys played well in front of him and gave him, you know, the initial shots were perimeter shots from the point. He could see them. So now he's making saves. You're feeling the puck. They always say, let your goalie feel the puck, you know, and, and he did that. And then he came up with the big saves at the right time last game. And the Sharks go on to, you know, in game five to win five to two. And right, I mean, the, the amount of scrutiny after game four was like on – Overcharge, yeah. like the hockey world was questioning if Pete DeBoer was going to start to, you know, Jones or Dell, and what's wrong? Look at look at the numbers of Jones, and yes, it was partially the guys in front of him, but he wasn't making the, you know, he you could tell he what he didn't have his confidence, especially in Game Four. But to DeBoer's credit, he he goes back with him. He challenges his team to be better in front of him to play a more defensive game. They do. They give up two or less goals. They win that game. And then Jones comes out and plays one of the best games I've ever seen him play as a San Jose Shark tonight. I mean, you almost have to go back to game five, the Stanley Cup finals against Pittsburgh, where he stole that game. Well, he stole this game tonight and he gives his t- and this is a tough place to play. And you you know that Vegas does not. This is a flight they did not want to do. No. And they got to fly to San Jose tomorrow. We're well, we, we're we're nice people. We're good people. We're like, come on back to Silicon Valley. We'd, we'd love to host you one more time. And lo and behold, you get the goaltending. And now you got to wonder what, like, what's the Vegas mindset? Because 
Now they've got a San Jose team that's going to be playing in front of their fans and a goaltender that's playing with potentially the most confidence he's been played played with all season long. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be unbelievable Tuesday night. I, I'm looking forward to it in a way that I've never looked forward to a game before, I don't think. And, you know, I, I, I'm i trying to compare this and get into the mindset of Vegas because I remember when the Sharks blew the 3-0 lead against Vegas and then they won Game 7 and then they blew a 3-0 lead against the Kings and they lost Game 7. And I'm trying to remember how the Sharks talked about being in the lead and watching it slip away and you compare those two series and two different teams and different scenarios but I'm trying to you know think of where Vegas is mentally right now Jamie I mean where where do you think they are well there's where they are right now and where they're going to be Tuesday at 7 p.m. are going to be different places I can just tell you right now they're pissed off yeah they're disappointed they probably feel like they let their fans down a little bit. They know that they outchanced San Jose tonight. So they're going to, you know, you're like, well, we could have won, but they're goaltender. We got to play like that again. But then it's like, ugh, we've given them hope. And then we got to go to their rink. And that's a tough building to win in. And we've won there before. So right now, they're not happy, you know, you're for, for every reason. And, and, but starting tomorrow, it changes, and that's what that's what you have to be able to do. Now they have never. This is the first time this organization's ever played in a game seven, but they've got guys that have played in game sevens before. So it's you know they went to the Stanley Cup Finals last year. So the pressure, um, I don't I don't want to say the pressure's on them. You know, there, more, there's more pressure on them because they had a three one lead. The pressure's on both teams. Yeah. Because if the Sharks don't win, they they're not going to win the Stanley Cup this year, and that's the that's the goal, and they want to win it for Jumbo. There's the, the pressure is equal on there's and both teams are going to lay it on the line. It's just, again, it's going to come down to my keys to the series, key moments, managing momentum. Every shift matters. You know, every shift is an investment. Um, and we saw those those all three of those forces be a factor in tonight's game. And, you know, to the credit to the Sharks, like they gave the Vegas Golden Knights a couple of easy ones here. They spotted them early leads in games three and four mm-hmm. and then chase those games. And now, you know, they steal this game. So it's been an incredible series of, you know, the back and forth of momentum and whatnot. It's, I mean, that's the thing is it's been amazing to watch. It's been incredibly entertaining. And one of the things that, that I don't want people to forget about, because we're talking so much about hurdles goal and we're talking about Martin Jones, unbelievable performance. Uh, Brendan Dillon his stop on Nosek on the shot he had tonight, just you know, right in the face of Jones. He gets that stick in front of him and gets a little, you know, just tip of the puck before he makes contact elsewhere. I feel like that was a huge moment that, in the you know annals of history, probably will be forgotten. But it's one that I won't forget. Well, you know, you can we could probably find fifteen different plays where a guy blocked a shot. I thought Justin Broad did some great stuff in the defensive zone. And we're at the last, like we're talking last second desperation. Yeah. I thought the same thing with Lassick. So did Burns. Uh, Eric Carlson struggled with too many turnovers, but he blocked some shots tonight, took some hits to make plays. And that's not even getting to Pavelski who had, you know, I don't know what he ended up with, but you know, he had, he had, he was, he and Burns had five block shots after the first overtime leading the, you know, so they had the most block shots on the team. So, Everybody did something tonight to contribute, even though they didn't have the momentum, even though they didn't have the majority of scoring chance. 
chances where Vegas did. For the most part, Martin Jones saw the pucks coming. The shark, the Sharks players in the defensive zone were forcing Vegas to rush their shots, their chances, their thought process. That you know, they missed some nets in the first period. That means you feel rushed. Yeah, you know. So, so there's there's that, and there's that. It's 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 real. Like you're like I, you you feel pressure. You get rid of the puck a little bit quicker, and then you don't pick your spot. You know, there was an instance where uh, I think it was Donskoy came back and put pressure on Riley Smith, who didn't pick his spot. And and so, you know, and, and shot it right at right at the logo of, of Martin Jones. So there's instances beyond instances. When you give up that many shots and chances, yet you don't score, there's a lot of guys. I mean, there's Derek Anglin in the first overtime. What a, what a save he made because that, you know, Timo Meyer batted in his rebound after the Couture shot from behind the net. That thing was going in and Derek Anglin comes in, somehow keeps the puck out. He was doing like a snow angel in, in the in the blue paint. <laughs> To keep it alive. I mean, that was the desperation was going cool. on I at both it. ends. I mean, that, that's the thing, Jamie. I you respect those guys so much in those situations. Me as somebody who is obviously pulling for the Sharks, I still loved that play. I mean, like you alluded to, that is the desperation that's on display. He do, he was going to do everything he could. You, you love it. That's what make it made the entire night just amazing on so many factors. I mean, do you as a, as a former player, does, is there a part of you? that feels for Las Vegas because they did put in a great effort. You lose a 2-1 game in double overtime like that, it's not because you played poorly. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't I don't care at all. I don't like Vegas. I'm happy. I'm happy the way things went. I hope they're mad. I, I don't like that team. They beat, they beat us last year. I and, agree. Uh, you know, the way they chirp, and I don't like them. So... I don't feel for them at all because it goes. That's that's what sports is. All right. I, I want them to lose. I, you know. <laughs> yeah. So there's no, there's like oh oh uh, shocks poor them. You know, maybe a neutral fan. Me. I'm no. I'm I'm ho- I'm hoping that this mentally affects them in the next game. I I still they're going to come out. They're going to come out hard. They're they're not going to roll over. We we know that. So the sharks are going to still have to play a great game. But I'm glad the way everything went tonight. I'm glad that Martin Jones stole the game and. And he's out playing his he outplays his counterpart. That's that's a that's a huge advantage going into Game Seven, in my opinion. Or it's an advantage, not yeah. a huge one, because these teams are both so good. But absolutely. So we'll we'll see what happens in a game like this, where all the numbers were in favor of Vegas, yet the Sharks come away the winner. I, you know, is there a way for you to wrap your head around that? Because just the you know fifty eight saves for Jones and the the hits, which I know you questioned, which I was questioning as well. I don't. I don't know how that stat was figured out tonight, but the hits were also in favor of Vegas. But, you know, the Sharks were turning it over. You alluded to it with Carlson. I felt like this game could have gone in Vegas' favor on a number of occasions, but it just it didn't. I mean, how much does that linger in the heads of those Vegas players that they had opportunities and they didn't capitalize heading into Game 7? It, like I said, it lingers until tomorrow, and then they start to reset. That's just... You know, that's what they're what they're going to be saying tomorrow is guys like we outplayed them. We outchanced them. We go do that again. And the law of averages says we're going to win the next game. That's what they're going to say. The di- the difference between this game and the next game is it's in the tank. The Sharks feed off the emotion of the fans. They get last change. Just the, di- the whole dynamics of the arena are different. You're more comfortable. And the Sharks 
are thinking we're going to play better than we did in game six. <laughs> and we won game six, but we're going to play better. So here's some of the adjustments. And that's, you know what I mean? So it, it you know, goes back and forth. You know, the Sharks penalty kill now has a little more confidence. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure what they'll do with the lines and whatnot. So I don't, if fatigue could be a factor come game seven. I don't know. It's a lot of ice time for certain guys, but everybody's rested up. This is what they, you know, you play for your whole career. So, I mean, you love this stuff, right? You know, game seven, it doesn't get any better than that. No. So, so I think the Sharks are going to make adjustments too. Like they're, they're as ecstatic as they are. I can tell you right now, you know, I went, I flew, I'm not, I'm not on the team plane, but I was on the team plane after game four and it was the quietest the plane's been all year. I can tell you right now when these guys get on, it'll be a quiet plane. They're tired, and they know that, you know, like it's not over. Yeah. They've clawed their way back into this after a couple of bad performances in Game Three and Four. Actually, not all bad. They had in Game Four they spotted easy goals to Vegas, but they outplayed them for those two periods. So there's an instance of a game where the Sharks outchanced Vegas in the first two periods. I know things got away from them in the third. Once once Vegas made it four nothing, the Sharks knew they weren't coming back. So then the shenanigans begin. But in the first two periods, they actually outchanced Vegas, but they gave up, you know, grade A scoring chances. And they gave up a goal in the first, you know, minute and 11. And then in the waning moments of the first period. So now they're trailing by two, even though they outplay them. And then they give up a goal in the third, in the second period. And it was a fluky goal, Pacioretty's uh, off Dell. He made a glove save and the re- like kind of, he was, his arm was already moving and went right back onto Pacioretty's stick. So, Vegas is up three Cobb, yet the Sharks are feeling like we're playing well, but you're like, you look at the scoreboard and you're like, you're getting frustrated. But they they came back and made amends for that and played a really strong game five. So if I'm Vegas, the concern I'm having right now, if I'm their coaching staff, I'm like, we have played them, we have a chance in this game. This was one of our better games, one of our more dominating games, of maybe their most dominating game of the series, and we didn't win it. And that's like, that would be problematic in the thinking that like San Jose is going to play better next game. Yeah. So it's like, Hey, what are we going to do to counter that? And that's, that's the, you know, that's the back and forth. And that's why we love sports for, <laughs> for the unpredictability. And then I got to just throw a kudos to these players. And this is where I will throw a kudos to both teams. These guys, like they don't prepare for overtime at the beginning of the game. You're not, you know, you're not, you don't save anything like you're going to your, your tank is near empty at the end of the game. You're like, if you see them after a normal game, like game five, these guys are exhausted. And then when you do go into overtime, you've got to reach down deep and both teams to do that. And they were starting to slow down in that second overtime, both teams, yeah. the pace flowing and you could just see it. And it was just, it was going to be who's, who's going to be a catalyst. Who's going to get that key moment and grab it and do it and hurdle did, but these guys are warriors. There's, there's injuries. I said on the broadcast, like four o'clock game, these guys ate it between eight and nine this morning. So they had to eat, you got to eat something, you know, you're, you're having sport juices, maybe power bars, whatever, but to, to, to just have some energy so you can keep going and, and find that extra gear that hurdle did that allowed him to get up the ice against one of the fastest skaters on the other team and have time to get your shot off. And that was the difference. And Hurdle, good for him being the, the hero. And off we go to Game 7. 
Off we go to Game 7 indeed. Jamie, I know it's been a long day for you. You had a lot of game to call, so I will let you go, man. But the important thing is you and I get to see each other on Tuesday night at SAP Center for Game 7. It's going to be incredible. I don't know if there's anything better in sports than Game 7 in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I am already just... I, you know, I was, my wife had to tell me to be quiet because I was screaming. She's like, you're going to wake up the kids. I was like, I know, but this is incredible. Also. That's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. Love we, it. We get to do it again, man. Absolutely. Thanks, Ted. Great Go. stuff. Jamie Baker, everyone, of course, he scored one of the biggest goals in San Jose Sharks history, and now he serves as the color announcer on the TV and radio broadcasts, and he got to call one hell of a game last night as the San Jose Sharks win 2-1 in double overtime to force Game 7 Tuesday night at the Tank. All right, let's get into some of the post-game audio now. This is what Tomas Hurdle had to say in the immediate aftermath of his game-winning goal. You know, amazing for sure. You know, it was a huge win, but we can just thanks, you know, to Jonah because he was unreal. You know, he got over 50 saves, and he just helped us because we will be struggling, you know, in our own time, but he was just doing an amazing job for us, and we can just thank you to him, you know, Eastern Life. And after praising his goalie, he had this to say about his literal goal itself. Yeah, he was a little bit, I just tried, I was a little bit tired, but I see the space, so I just like, let's try it. And somehow get it through, and for sure the moment was great because, you know, huge game for us because we got now the home ice, and after this huge win, we have to just finish it, you know, and it will be really hard, but, you know, that's why we play, play hockey, you know, for these games, you know, like that. And now it's game seven, you know, it can be nothing better than in playoff game seven, so I can wait for it. From the game winner, let's go to the captain and hear what he had to say about his goalie. Yeah, we, we knew Jonah was on. Um, you could feel it, for sure. Um, you know, you're looking at the scoreboard and the shots are saying what they are, but, you know, the way Jonah was moving and seeing the puck, you know, it wasn't two-on-ones, breakaways. Guys weren't getting behind us. It was still a pretty tight-knit group out there and guys were blocking some shots and hanging in there. And, you know, we hung in there and he gave us... Enough to, to get that one. And he offered this about Tomas Hurdle. Yeah, just his confidence is how he's you know wants it, and you can see that, and you can feed off him, and you know what, he's just he's been a huge piece for us. As for the man of the night, Martin Jones, he was humble as ever. Uh, yeah, I mean it was uh, it was a good game. Obviously, you know we stuck with it the whole night. Um, you know, give our guys a lot of credit. Had a, some huge penalty kills. Uh, and overtime in the third, and um, yeah, everybody everybody chipped in with stuff today. I just play the game. We're on the ice, and uh, you know we're just focused on what we can do. So um, you know we still got one more game. Obviously, it's going to be the toughest one, and um, we'll get some rest and get ready to go. And Jones also commented on the recent uptick in his performance. I'm just sticking with it, and uh, just trying to read the game and, and play loose the last few games, and um, trust my game, and then trust our team. Now, the Sharks had their opportunities, but it took them a while to find the back of the net, something Logan Couture commented on after the win. Well, yeah, the third period wasn't ideal for us, which owner um, was huge all night for us. Uh, third In overtime there, I thought we had some really good looks. And Banker missed uh, an open net, and Timos, I don't know how that didn't go in. But uh, obviously, we on the bench never changed. Obviously, there's some frustration when the puck doesn't go in the net on good chances, but... We, uh, we were positive and, you know, just stuck with it and found a way to win. And Logan also offered a comment on the guarantee from Tomas Hurdle with regards to a Game 7. Yeah, I don't know if he, I mean, he didn't, I, I know the word guarantee was thrown out there, but 
his English is a little broken, and you know it's it's tough for some of us to understand him sometimes, and it kind of gets lost in translation. But uh, he believes, and we all believed in this room that we we'd fight and battle, and you know you never know it's, if it's going to happen. But we we had a good belief system in here that we'd give ourselves a chance to to force a game seven. And I mean, when you're down three one, that's all you can ask for, and we we give ourselves a chance to try and win a series. Now, I was really curious to hear what Gerard Gallant had to say after this one. I didn't know if he was going to go after his guys for motivation. I didn't know if he was going to be extremely complimentary or extremely nonplussed or unreactional or non-reactive, however you want to look at it. But I actually think he played it the right way, so I want to give you this presser incompletion with the head coach of the Golden Knights. Ken Bolke, Vegas. Can you just give me an overall assessment of what you thought in that game? Uh, I thought we played great. It's an awesome game. Uh, Goaltenders are good at both ends, and when it goes five periods to the two-one final, it's a hell of a game. Just like we talked about before the game, so lots of energy, lots of fresh legs, and overtime, a lot of people ran out of fresh legs. But it was a, it was a hell of a game. Jesse Granger with the Athletic, you mentioned fresh legs, kind of running low at the end. How hard is it going to be for this turnaround for both teams? Well, it's you know what, it's a game seven. If it wasn't game seven, I think it'd be real tough. But it's going to be game seven. And I think both teams want to advance and. Uh, I don't think it'll be quite as fast as the first couple of periods in tonight's game, but I think it'll be two teams grinding it out, trying to advance. So it's do or die in the next game for both teams. A coach, uh, Alan Snow with LVSportsBiz.com. What's the process like now to reboot, start from scratch, you know, winner take off of game seven? You just said it. Winner take all game seven, you get ready to play. And uh, like you said, you forget about tonight, it's over with now. you got to move on and get ready for the next one. We played a hell of a game tonight. I'm proud of our guys, the way they competed. He got 59 shots on that, and just wasn't our night. But uh, it's still another day for us, fortunately, and uh, we'll get ready for Game Seven and be ready to go. Justin Emerson, Las Vegas Sun. How did you? What did you think of the way Flurry played tonight? You serious? Like you watched the game? He was great. The last goal. The only reason it went in was because uh, Theodore slashed the stick, and you know, it made it. If we would have, you know, and you tell your defenseman to play the guy's stick, so you blame the last goal on, on Theo or on Flurry. Shake your head. Last year was pretty much as good a regular season could go. This season's been a little more ups and down. Do you think you might be more prepared for this situation because of the way the regular season went? Yeah, no, I like the way our teams played. Like I said, last game, tonight's game, we're playing good hockey. It's it's a battle series. It's two real good teams facing off against each other. So, no, we're ready to go. We'll be ready to go next game, and I'm sure they'll be ready to go, and it'll be another battle. You mentioned you like the way your team played in 59 shots. A lot of good things happened, mm-hmm. but if there's one thing you can clean up, was there something that you didn't like about the game? Nothing. The final score. So that was head coach of the Vegas Golden Knights, Gerard Gallant. Let's hear from the head coach of the Sharks, Pete DeBoer. I liked our start. Uh, you know, I liked us for big portions, probably the first half of the game, and then I thought we got on our heels and they pushed to their credit. I mean, they're they're, they want to close us out tonight at home, and they, they they pushed hard. And, you know, Jonesy made some big saves, and I thought we defended, uh, you know, well, even though we were on our heels a little bit. And then, you know, we talked uh, going into the overtime. We wanted to get back on our toes and get back on the four check, and I thought we did that. You know, I, I thought uh, it was a gutsy effort on the road in a, in a tough situation by our group, and we're still alive. And DeBoer also talked about the relative ups and downs of his goalie, Martin Jones, throughout this series. Game one, he was outstanding. So, you know, I don't know if that's accurate. Um, You know, and then uh, I thought he was, uh, I mean, he was fantastic tonight. But so was Flurry. So, you know, I I thought, uh, but you know what, it it was great for him. I think our group 
has never lost faith in him. I think we knew he was capable of this, and we needed him tonight, and you know, he was our best player. And although he could have had contention with that final penalty called against his team, DeBoer took the high road when asked about the officiating in the postgame. I thought it was a well-refereed game, you know, and I thought the penalty was a penalty in overtime. So, you know, um, you know, we found a way, though, and, uh, you know, the everything was stacked against us there at that point with, with the penalty kill, and uh, guys got it done. Indeed, they did get it done as we now look forward to a Game 7 Tuesday night at SAP Center. All right, that wraps it up for the latest edition of Morning Tide. I'm Ted Ramey signing off for the San Jose Sharks. Thank you for listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide with Ted Ramey. Music composed by Yogi Yend. New episodes appear each morning after Sharks playoff games on the Sharks Sharks digital digital platforms. platforms. 